Hello, friends. This is Maureen Lee Maloney, and welcome back to My Doc Journey, the show where I reveal every step in my process of creating a feature-length documentary, even the steps where I fall down and cry. Happy 2020, everyone. I am glad to be back. I hope you had a good holiday season and your new year started strong. Um, I know the world at large right now is kind of going to hell in a handbasket, uh, but hopefully you are doing what you can to live your best life and spread positivity in your neighborhood. Uh, I know I've been trying to focus on that. And today I thought I'd talk about a book that I read recently uh, to kind of motivate us into the new year. I'm having a hard time getting back into this uh, talking to myself into a microphone thing today. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I make it through. Uh, But over the winter holidays, I did a lot of reading, mostly just pure pleasure you know, novels, but I did read a few uh, nonfiction books, one of them being the one that I'm going to talk about today, which is titled Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us by Daniel Pink. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Daniel Pink. I've read his other books, A Whole New Mind, um, which I recommend, and a Free Agent Nation. And also, actually, there was a book about time. Uh, wait, what was it called? Anyway, doesn't matter. Not going into that right now. But um, this book talks about uh, basically the research that's done into human motivation. And I, before I go any further, I do like to put in a disclaimer. I love to read these books about like social science research, like Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Charles Duhigg and authors like that. Uh, But you do always have to kind of take them with a grain of salt because there is, in all science, but probably especially I think in social science, there's a lot of hand-waving or basically jumping to conclusions that aren't necessarily wholly supported by their research. And so always when you hear about or when you read research, you know, think about it through your critical mind and and determine for yourself whether you think the conclusions that the researchers jump to are the accurate conclusions. Um, and I'll and I'll kind of leave it at that. Well, maybe I'll talk more about that later. But uh, I think with any sort of self development book, not that this is like the same as some of the books that that you know talk about other things. I mean, this is at least supported by some research, but I think uh, any self-development type of book, you really kind of have to um, filter through, you know, your critical thinking mind. And I always say, hold on to the, um, the nuggets that you feel really resonate with you and then just flush the rest. That's my, uh, yeah, That's my soapbox on self-development books. Anyway, so in the beginning of this book, Dan talks a little bit about uh, the history of motivation and, you know, for the past, I don't know, 
60, 70 years, managers at companies have done what, what he terms uh, motivation 2.0, which is very extrinsic motivation where, you know, it's you're uh, he refers to carrots and sticks, right? So you get rewarded, you get the carrot for doing something good, you get uh, punished, you get the stick for doing something bad. It's all extrinsic. It's coming externally from you. Um, and the research shows that that kind of motivation can work well with very straightforward, mechanical, um, what he calls algorithmic tasks, uh, but not tasks that require cognitive ability or like creative thinking skills, which if you think about it, most of what we're taught, certainly the way our schools are structured, they're all around sort of rote memorization and accomplishing straightforward tasks that we're given, right? We're, we, don't, we don't practice critical thinking a lot in school, unfortunately. So the opposite of that, or what Daniel Pink calls motivation 3.0, is intrinsic motivation or motivation from within. And in order to be intrinsically motivated, you need to have three things. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Um, autonomy is like, you know, people want to be self-directed. And in fact, the research has shown that goals are better if they're self-imposed rather than imposed from somebody else. Mastery is the urge to get better at stuff. Um which again, going back to how we're brought up in school, there's a lot that we do that's just good enough to pass the test. And in the long run, this is really unsatisfying. Um, and then purpose, there's so much talk about purpose these days, but I think it can be summed up as like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? And the challenge for a lot of people is figuring out what that is. What is their purpose? There's a few tactics that the book covers that can kind of help you start to hone in on what your purpose might be. Um, one is to give yourself what's called a flow test. And you've probably heard the term flow before, especially if you've read into any sort of sports psychology or artistic kind of, you know, when people are painting, a lot of times they get into this flow mindset. Kids, if you watch kids playing, kids get so easily into flow where everything else in the world is blocked out. Focus is on 100% on this activity. And a lot of times you can go hours and hours and hours without stopping just because you get into this flow state. I actually get into the flow state a lot when I'm editing. If I've got a lot of footage and I have a good idea. But the thing is with uh, flow, in order to get into that flow state, you have to have a task that matches your experience level. Basically, if a task is too easy, it's going to be boring and you're not going to get in flow. If a task is too hard, it's going to be too stressful and you're not going to be able to accomplish anything. But if a task is just slightly hard for you, for where you're at, and you can just sit there and tinker away at it, in a sense, uh, then you can get into that sense of flow. 
And the flow test that he recommends that was actually, you know, done by researchers is to set an alarm for yourself, kind of randomly spaced throughout the week, about 40 times throughout your week. And when that alarm goes off, you stop and you write down what you're doing, how you're feeling, whether or not you're in a flow state at that moment. And then at the end of the week, you can go back and you can read through what you have written down and kind of figure out, you know, look for patterns. Are there certain times where you're in flow, certain places, uh, certain activities? And that can help you start to um, zone in on maybe what your purpose might be, what kind of activities are really best for you. But also you can use that to figure out what times are going to work best for you. Like, you know, if you are in flow in the morning, I know for me, if I can like get up fairly early, not too early, uh, get myself a big cup of coffee and sit down in front of my computer and start editing, then I can edit until my stomach grumbles, which is usually like 10 a.m. or so. At that same time, though, if I were to get up and try to like get dressed, leave my house, go somewhere. I just, I think about college where, you know, I would have to go to classes early in the morning. Uh, that that never worked out. Sitting there and, and trying to follow the attention of somebody speaking and, and writing notes, um, that never, never worked for me. Uh, so I think actually if you've, you've probably thought about this a lot, especially if you spend a lot of time in school like I have, figuring out you know, the best times to do certain activities. For me, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., I'm almost entirely useless. Uh, That's usually when I'll walk my dog or get other tasks done, you know, do my laundry and stuff that doesn't require focus or flow. I really like, uh, this This is totally talking about a completely different book, but Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book Grit, she suggests, and this is get, getting to the second point, which is mastery. If you're going to try to become a master of something, that's going to take a lot of time, a lot of hard work, and a lot of perseverance, which is exactly what Angela Duckworth calls grit. But she says, you don't just want to jump into trying to master the first skill you come across because you, if you're going to devote this type of time and effort to something, you need to make sure it's the right thing for you. So she actually recommends early in life, and there's a wide span of time that counts as early in life, try lots of different things travel, volunteer, do whatever you can to try lots of different activities. And that way, when you find that activity that really speaks to you, then you can confidently apply the time and the effort. Daniel Pink uh, refers to some research, which was also referred to in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, which you've probably heard about the 10,000 hour rule or like the 10 year rule. We're applying 10,000 hours of practice to something um, allows you to reach a, a certain level of mastery. The thing about this is, and that uh, what Malcolm Gladwell didn't really delve into in his book is that this is deliberate practice. So it's practice where 
every day you're not just repeating the activity, but you're intentionally pushing yourself beyond what you did the day before. You're seeking out expertise and criticism so that you can constantly be improving and just being really ruthless about where you need to get help and how you need to improve. And so it is this deliberate practice, not just repetition, that allows you to eventually in 10,000 hours reach proficiency. But one of the great things about mastery, one of the things that continues to motivate you is that you never reach full 100% mastery, right? It's a, and, and Pink talks about the asymptote that you, that you start to approach, right? And the asymptote is that line that you get closer and closer and closer to, to infinity. You can never actually reach the line. You can just continually get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. So you can never be 100% the master of something, but you can constantly improve throughout your life. And really, the people that we consider the masters are those people who are constantly trying to reach something. So then on that final part of intrinsic motivation, the autonomy, again, your goals really have to be self-imposed and to accomplish the most, you have to self-regulate. You uh, essentially have to, what Pink recommends is giving yourself performance reviews. And this can be a monthly thing where you write monthly goals and then at the end of the month, you review how you did, are you falling short, where are you falling short, what tools or information you might need to help get better. And it's good to set small and large goals here. And that way, when it's time to give your your performance review, you've accomplished some tasks. So you can look back and see how well you accomplished certain things or didn't accomplish certain things. And it's really important during this to be brutally honest. An, an added level that you can do here is you can create a small group. If you say you do this at work and you have coworkers, you can maybe create a group of peers and you can give feedback to each other. And that way somebody else can, from their perspective, give you that brutally honest feedback that, that you might need to push you a little bit further. So those are the points that I found the most useful in this book. There's a lot of really great information in there. If you are a manager or a company owner, there is more information specifically to how to motivate employees. And there's actually even a a, a section in there about schools. So if you're a teacher or a principal, there's information in there about how you can create more intrinsic motivation in your classrooms, which is so critically important. So if there are teachers listening out there, please uh, read this and, and implement whatever you can because the, the world is moving towards more, you know, cognitive-based work and less of this mechanical, straightforward um, type of work. And, and we need people who are intrinsically motivated and we need businesses who are structured to support that kind of intrinsic motivation. Um, I was not in the flow today, you guys. I'm not feeling the flow right now. So if this podcast was a little bit 
choppy, I'm sorry. Um, I might wait and re-record it or I might just like just post it as it is. <laughs> but I'm going to work on uh, getting back into the flow by next week. But I hope this was useful for you anyway. Um, here's a little reminder that there is the free ebook up on the website, mydocjourney.com. And that free ebook is basically a roadmap to get you from the very beginning of not knowing anything about producing documentaries to where you are ready to put your work out in the world. And um, so that's free to download. And I would love to get your feedback on that. If there's some information that is missing from that that you think really should be in there, let me know. Um, it's definitely going to be a living document. I'm going to be updating it every so often, adding any new information that comes up. And uh, I also have a, a group formed for my doc journey so that people can share their projects and get feedback from each other. And I would love to hear about the projects that you're working on. So I hope uh, you have a great week. Yeah, bye.